Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. On this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, I'm really excited. This is the second guest I've had from this awesome show. That show being Snowpiercer on Netflix. Um, and I'm not actually sure what it's shown on in the uh, US, but I'm sure I'll find out. It's, of course, Tom Lipinski. Tom, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be Oh, it's it's my pleasure because I tell you what, Snowpiercer uh, season one was fantastic, but season yeah. two it's on another level. So um, I'm going to ask you a few questions about your wonderful part in that. But um, you know, how is everything during the pandemic? During you know the last year, how has that affected you and and work and 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 home? Yeah, well, we were actually um, we were shooting. Uh, season two, uh, when the pandemic sort of struck the states and you know Canada, obviously, um, some of the first cases were over in Washington State, so not very far from here. And I remember I was <clears throat> en route to set when uh, the teamster got the call, said, "Turn around, send him back to the air, uh, send him back to his hotel, tell him to pack his bags and get out of here." So it was, you know. In, in a way, the um, the pandemic is all connected to, to Snowpiercer and will forever be connected in my mind for that reason. But, you know, it's been a it's been a slog, I think it's been a slog for everybody, you mm. know, uh, Def- and definitely. I'm... Sorry. No, no, it's it's uh, you know, I remember we I, I came back to New York um, and I have a little uh, a baby with my wife and we weren't there for but a couple days before we realized we got to get out of here too. So we went up to my mother's and it's, you know, it's really taking it day by day, um, Mm. which is, it's, it's scary, but it's also, it's, it's what we're all dealing with, you know? Yeah, I know. You know, I always say it is what it is. We've just got to uh, persevere. Um, You know, it's affected, I think everyone, there are strange people out there that think it's still a hoax that it's not real. Uh, which I just I just do not understand whatsoever. Um, I mean, we all know someone that's had it or been affected by it. No, it's true. And I think I was talking with a with a, a friend of mine um, last night, and it's a little maybe a little bit tongue in cheek, but I sort of said how um, we feel like the idea of of being an actor, where so much of your life and employment surrounds is surrounded by. Um, um, you know, uh, mystery and and unknowing the future, um, such that we were a little bit more adept at um, being able to say, like, all right, well, we just got to take it step by step and, and and day by day, not knowing what the future holds. Um, and I just think a lot of people are really uncomfortable with uncertainty, and mm. and that's sort of what it boils down to—an unwillingness to accept uncertainty you know yeah yeah of course of course so let's talk about your acting let's give all the viewers mm. and the list listeners a bit of escape for a, for a, a short time to get away from the crazy world uh, that we're in mm. at the moment so so you are a working actor i have read on the internet and please correct me if i'm wrong because the internet is absolutely hilarious for facts and and and, yeah, and, and 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 figures. The first thing I found out about you was you're of decent height. You know, there was there was something on the internet, and it just said Tom is of decent height. Um, but there was something there that 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 said about you before you got into the industry. Um, correct mm. me if I'm wrong. Your father, um, who's a doctor, wanted you to get mm. into medicine. So there was going to be a chance that you wasn't going to be an actor. Yeah, um, my father. Um, my father was a, a doctor. He he passed away a few years ago. Um, but I was supposed to be a third generation physician. Um, 
that was most certainly the plan for me from from the very beginning. I uh, I even went to college and was a pre med major, but for a moment in time. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I never liked science. I was never any good at my science or math classes. Um, so I always was sort of in the back of my mind realizing, I, I hope my father will someday accept the fact that it doesn't seem like this is going to work for me. But the great thing is, is being an actor, you could play a doctor. You could right. play a fireman. You could do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> so what inspired you to actually get into acting? What, what, what was it about the profession that really attracted you? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. And I feel like every everybody has a or maybe over time has developed their story of how they fell into it. You know, they, they put on little plays for their parents when they were kids, or they remember seeing a movie or a play that just spurred them into pursuing it. And, you know, I think the truth of it is for me, there was never one real moment or sort of turning point or anything like that. It was just something that I took a class my senior year. I was a history major and I needed a class to, to fill out the semester that didn't have a lot of reading, you know, cause I was, mm. um, I just needed sort of, you know, a gut course or what I thought was going to be an easy course. And I took a, a, an, an acting class and just at that time, really, really enjoyed it. Having real, no understanding. I had never, entertain the idea of being an actor or even thought of the theater. I'd never been to a play before I ended up being cast in one in college. So it was just a, you know, a, a serendipitous thing that I just, for whatever reason, continued to slowly keep doing and, you know, getting into plays. And I got into a play right as I graduated from college. And then those people hooked me up with another theater group who was moving to New York. And then I moved to New York and one thing leads to another. And, and here I am having been doing it for 15 years. Definitely. Uh, can you remember your first ever audition? Uh, for, for TV or for like first ever audition of all time. For first ever audition of all time. Yeah. Um, I think I do. And it was, an atrociously embarrassing one. Uh, it was in college. I was auditioning for a play called Anna in the Tropics by Nilo Cruz. And I had the material and I was stiff as a board. You know, you're up on, I was up on a stage, a big proscenium stage with a huge audience. Um, no, nobody was there except for, you know, the, the director and the producer, I guess. But I was stiff as a board so incredibly nervous and then i finished the material and they said can you sing us a song and it <laughs> caught me so completely by surprise i had absolute. i was I, I don't i had no song that came to mind so they just sing said sing happy birthday so i sang happy birthday and sculpted off stage that is so so much better than mine my first ever audition at school so high uh -huh. school uh was okay. for greece and I got on stage and I suffered with a very bad stutter when I was younger. Mm. I had speech therapy for, for about seven, eight years. Really, really bad. Wow. And um, I, I remember going on stage and closing my eyes because I was so embarrassed. And I sung Crazy Nights by Kiss. And literally, it was the only song that I knew. And I even pretended to do the ear guitar. And then I opened my eyes and everyone was laughing and I walked off stage. I got the part. I got the part of Sonny in, in Greece. And then um, I went into performing arts at college and did acting um, for, a, for, a, for a short time. And it actually helped my stutter. So this is the main reason why I'm doing this show is to challenge myself. Because, you know, if you haven't got a script, if you haven't got a song to sing, you've got to right. really concentrate on what you're saying. So occasionally... I might stutter, so I do apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. So did you did you pursue the performing arts almost as a, a challenge to yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, I went to college. Um, I did um, a few shows in the West End uh, in wow. London. Um, I did a few films. Uh, t um, mm -hmm. I acted opposite Samantha Morton. 
that um every, you know and um obviously i settled down and had kids and yeah, and nice. got a got a a normal job uh, right. but yeah i did i you know what i did it to challenge myself and it really helped and if anything you know it made me sound a lot posher uh, through the ele- elocution lessons um which Indeed. is good which is which yeah. is good um so let's talk snowpiercer because uh. it took the world by storm it was that good it got commissioned for a second season before it came out so it, it it was that good so you play um kevin in the show how did you get the part and what was the audition process like for snowpiercer yeah so you know I, i'm sure you're you're familiar with this but um this was before the before the pandemic obviously and um you know I would say it, it's been increasing over over the years, um, and now it's almost completely taken over. But I get a lot of self tapes, you know, where they send you the audition material, and then you just sort of have to put yourself on tape at your at your own time. And um, I had um, just had a baby with my wife, and so finding the free time to put yourself on tape and to audition and certainly to enlist my wife's help as she would sometimes help me to, to audition <laughs> was getting uh, increasingly difficult. And so I actually, it was in New York, my apartment there, it has a basement where I'd set up sort of a, a you know, a camera and a backdrop and everything. And I did the audition by myself. I did the sides, um, you know, imagining I was listening to somebody else off camera and just doing my material, which was a little odd to be acting by yourself. And then I, you know, I sent the, sent the, I gave two different takes and I sent the material off and it wasn't like, I want to say it was like a month later. They said, uh, we'd love to have you join us up in Vancouver. And it took me completely by surprise. And it's awesome. And at that point, did you know, you know, what was going to become of Kevin? I didn't. So I didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And had I known what I have agreed, right? Um, you know, I sometimes you get a script and you get a sort of a whole character breakdown and sometimes you just get the sides. I just gotten the sides um, for this particular scene, which was the scene where I'm eating um, chicken wings. Um, and uh, so that was all I knew. And when I got the, the, the first two scripts, I thought, oh boy, I'm really in for it. I'm really in for it with this one. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I've got to say, I'm really disappointed you 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 w- was in that position. I really I really am because me and my wife really really loved your character because you showed so much vulnerability. You know, mm. the scenes where you're getting the fruit, and and we just, you know. We'll, we'll 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 talk about that scene in in, in a moment. But you play opposite yeah. Sean Bean, and Sean uh. Bean is a local lad to me. He's from about he? it's about thirty minutes drive from where I live. Um, okay. What was it like acting opposite Sean Bean? Because he's quite a uh, he's he's quite quite a character. He is, <clears throat> and I mean, you know, I, I have to I have to own up to the fact that when I was a kid, um, I remember watching Patriot games with my oh. father. And I remember where we watched it. It was in the middle of winter and we were up in New Hampshire for some reason. I'm, I'm originally from Massachusetts, but we were up in New Hampshire and his like glowering face in that movie and his just dogged murderous pursuit mm-hmm. of Harrison Ford in that movie scared the hell out of me. <clears throat> I couldn't sleep after watching that movie and I was terrified that the IRA was going to be knocking on my door. Um, and so, yeah, so all of which is to say, you know, playing opposite him glowering back at me was going to, you know, really put me in my place and require a little bit less, um, requires a little bit less acting. I think, of course, because you have a built-in sense, um, you know, admiration and awe, and, and some of that already cooked into your interpersonal relationships. It was sort of like, all right, just sit across from him and hold on. 
<laughs> and did he stay in character once the cameras stopped shooting? Um, is is he quite a method actor? Is he does he like to walk around set as Mister Wilford? Uh, you know, not that I could tell. Um, you know, I, I think for each individual, um, their process can sort of be a little bit opaque. Whether or not what they broadcast is their um, method versus what their actual method is versus how they're feeling in any given moment is always sort of a little bit of a mystery. But he was always very kind to me. Um, you know, even in some of our um, uh, more heightened scenes, the you know the scene would end and we'd be, you know, chatting about the dog that was you know brought in in the scene or something like that. So he's he's able to sort of let it let it drop away pretty easily, I think. That's awesome. And obviously the biggest scene uh, for you was the scene with the bath. Um, you know, how how do you prepare for a scene like that? Because that scene was very heavy um, and it really put Wilford's position, you know, to light. You know, his demeanour is he's very unhinged. Uh, how did you prepare for that? Because it was very moving and very sort of you know after the scene me and my wife right. looked at each other and went what you know we were like no not kev not our kev and, <laughs> and <laughs> but how did you prepare for that because it was quite a you know a heavy scene it was a heavy scene and you know it's difficult to say because i think in one sense, you prepare for a scene like that in the way that you would prepare for any other, you know? It's certainly the, the content of the scene is far heavier. Um, you know, it's, it's more macabre and, and you have to sort of, in a sense, uh, reconcile yourself with sort of understanding what it would, be, what it would truly feel like to be in that position. Um, to make that kind of decision, um, which is, you know, I think which is a really uh, wrenching place for anyone to be. But, you know, uh, uh, as far as how you prepare for it, I just think it's, you know, you lean on sort of the, the fundamentals of how you prepare for a scene anyway and, and what he knows at any given time, how he feels about the, the given circumstance, how he feels about you know, taking the attention off of myself and putting putting it on my acting partner, which I think for for that scene especially, and for character or for Kevin rather in general, to be taking the attention off of himself and focusing on somebody else mm -hmm. is sort of a is sort of a linchpin because he's so obsequious <laughs> to <laughs> Wilford, for lack yeah. of a better word. Um, he's he's so dedicated to not only being in service of Wilford, but, you know, making sure that everything that he does makes Mr. Wilford happy. Um, so it, it takes a little bit of the pressure off of Kevin and maybe a little bit of the pressure off of myself as an actor if I'm just able to completely focus all of my attention and uh, and my, my focus um, on him because he really is the one who guides me through that scene mm -hmm. um and if i can just be open to that then i think hopefully at least it it allowed that scene to sort of play out in a really you know um predictable somewhat predictable but awful direction yeah i've got to say that when the scene started and he he he, he you know got you towards a bath and he was putting the stuff in the bath and and it was just the tension was getting more and more you thought something ain't going to be be right but we see you yeah. strip off and then get in the bath and that uncomfortable moment where sean or mr wilford strips off as well and you're thinking oh wow okay this is even more uncomfortable and he gets yeah. in the bath what was that line to film i mean Again, I have never got naked in a scene or any any anywhere, thank goodness, because uh, it would be illegal. But for you, how was that to film? You know, opposite. I presume you had some 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 something covering your bits, or was it yeah. a case of let it go free? <laughs> yeah, no, you you presume correctly. Um, you know, 
everyone, when it comes to this sort of thing, when it comes to sort of nudity and uh, that level of, you know, um, physical vulnerability, let's call it, um, generally speaking, most productions and certainly on Snowpiercer, everyone takes, you know, great care and making sure you have everything that you need. And, you know, they laid out not just one, but uh, a choice of G strings for me to choose from to, to wear in the scene, which just like pick one. I don't want to be in the position of choosing uh, a G string, you know, which one it, really it, speaks to me as a G string. It, make, it makes it even more uncomfortable for you when you've got to choose a G string. You know, it's not what I thought that I would be dealing with when I woke up that morning, I think. Um, but, yeah, it's it's funny because on the set, you know, they have what's called a closed set. So generally mm -hmm. a set, you got a million people walking around constantly fussing with things, fussing with lights, fussing with the everything else. But on a closed set, they really make a concerted effort to only have the actors and maybe the director, cinematographer, maybe a couple of people coming in and out. But what that also meant in practice was then you have two grown men who are standing around naked together. And so, you know, on a couple of occasions, because we shot it from, you know, uh, I want to say like four or five different angles and it took half the day. Um, what that meant in practice was that Sean Bean and I were sitting more or less <laughs> nude in a rather small tub together for extended periods of time as they fixed the lights from outside and we're sort of alone in there. Um, with, you know, it's odd. What do you, what do you talk about, you know, when you're in a bath with Sean for half the day? <laughs> right. You know, because you don't, and that, that was a difficult thing for me to navigate as well, because it was like, how do you, how do you start that conversation? Do you think, you know, I loved you in Patriot games, by the way, <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not the first volley you want to have in a tub with a, with a, with a gentleman. So it was really from what I remember it was really just like so uh you know crazy scene it's like yeah 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 yeah. and that was more or less sort of the the tone and the the tenor of the entire afternoon we're, we're both sort of trying to stay somewhat in the realm of you know the scene and and, and not getting too carried away but yeah no escaping the awkwardness of that <laughs> But such a, such a good scene, and it seems like such a great bunch of people. You know the cast, and it seems like a, a massive family on set. I mean, I had Alex Ponovic on on the show a while ago that plays Boki, okay. and yeah, he yeah, was yeah. saying that how everyone is just so connected, and you know it's so such you know a good laugh when you're on set. I mean, do. You, did you have the same same experience? You know, did you really enjoy being surrounded by all those won wonderful actors? Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, I'm I'm also somebody who loves. I just I love being on a set. Being on a set is just such a treat for me. Um, I would be there all day, even if I didn't. You know, if I had one tiny little walk on walk off scene i would just like to hang around because i just find the the energy and the creative spirit of being on a set really invigorating and really fun um but yeah i mean this show in particular you know a lot of tv shows you have to do exteriors and you're sort of traveling around and people can sort of get spread out but this all takes place on a train right and so we're on the stages every day so it's really just like showing up to the office and there are so many fabulous, different, varied characters on this that you're always seeing somebody new. Mm -hmm. um, I've uh, I've become fast friends. I knew a couple of people from from before, from just being in New York. But yeah, I mean, that's the other benefit I think of 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 acting, as I've found throughout my career, is you just it's very easy to drop in and become fast friends with people. Yeah, and on a show that is as you know has such tight quarters as this and has so many uh, fascinating fun characters it just makes that that process even easier so it is it's a really great team and really fun people and i've enjoyed myself immensely 
And you mentioned Close Quarters, and you mentioned mm. earlier that it was filmed during the start of the pandemic. How did you manage mm. all the precautions if, if it was such a close set? Did you have to quarantine for a certain amount of time before filming? Yeah, so um, that's part of it. You know, when we came back to finish um, the second season, um, because we, you know, we were cut short, we were abbreviated, and then we all had to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we had to land and then we had to quarantine for 14 days and then you all have to go through rapid testing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think every two or three days. Um, and the production was, was fantastic. They have to bring in all sorts of specialists and, um, you know, they obviously you can't have crafty in the way that it was. So you have all these different yeah. protocols that have to be put in place. Um, so it gets a lot more complicated and, in a sense, it's it's sad because that feeling of close le- closeness and um, companionship and being sort of all scrunched together, uh, where once that was you know sort of sweet and heartwarming, is now sort of like viewed as a threat. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so and it's it's weird because you all have to arrive on set masked, and then once you get the go ahead, then you take your mask off and in you know pretty short order to be in close proximity to other people without a mask on, um, you know, feels dangerous and feels there's like this <laughs> free son of excitement where you're just like, you're just close to other people. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if that adds or, or takes away from the, the ultimate product, but it, I wonder. I wonder if it will be noticeable in some of these shows that are coming out now that you could tell they were filmed under lockdown. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I presume there wasn't any Tom Cruise moments uh, on set. No, not not that I recall. Not that I was present for. You know, I think. But it was funny. I remember listening to that to that blow up, and there's a part of you that that gets it right. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. part of you that thinks like all it takes is one jerk to really screw things up for everybody, and not just like screw things up. I mean, like put people in danger. Yeah, because there's really no predicting. So you know, while it was maybe a little bit um, overcooked, I can certainly understand the. Uh, it's it is Tom Cruise, and and uh, to be honest, I I, I I completely agree with him to be fair i thought it was yeah. just justified maybe yeah you're right it's a bit over the top but you know he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders he's got to pay you know yeah. he's got to keep crew uh actors all employed to feed their families you know pay more more mortgages and everything like that so but i'm totally. glad that everything was fine on the snow so i'm glad that yeah. you had your chance to take your mask off and be free and uh, feel feel that danger. Um, so yeah. so talk, talking about danger, do, have mm. have have you kept anything from the set of Snowpiercer? Did you take any mementos? Oh, interesting. You know, there is a part of me, obviously, that in the back of my mind thinks, well, surely, surely that custom-made three-piece teal suit won't get put to use on anybody else because it was custom-built for me. So yeah. Uh, you know, should the end of that show arise, perhaps I should reach out to uh, wardrobe and ask, what would it take? Um, I don't think that I took anything from the set. Um, I feel like I got a uh, I got a Snowpiercer um, hat, a little you know, like knit hat, um, which was I think for cast and crew. So I you know I wear that proudly around the house. But I didn't. Uh, it's funny. There's not a lot that I could that I could take from that set because of the, the, the circumstances, everything's sort of well bolted down because it's on a train. Mm. Right. But, um, but the thing is though, you died. Uh, and, and I think like a, like a retirement present, they should give, if someone dies on a show, they, they should give that person a gift, you know, thank you so much for your service. <laughs> and for your service, you know, you know uh, like a, a little mini tombstone <laughs> or, Maybe maybe they give me the um, the blade the blade that I was uh, you know the yes, fake blade yeah, the- that I held, held to my wrist you know and it's it was a shame um, because they had a great just a fantastic special effects team 
come in for that day because they were going to do a gag where they were going to um, show, they were going to do an insert and show me dragging the blade over my arm and having the blood mm. sort of come out under the water. And we did a screen test for it, and it looked fantastic. I mean, they made this whole mock-up that covered my arm, and then I was going to drag it, and it looked just incredible. And we were running out of time on the day, and there was, when we did it, my arm was under the water, and everything was loaded, and they have this sort of like invisible hose that came out of the tub and was attached to this thing that was going to pump the blood in and through, and it was going to come out. And there was a kink in the tube and it just squirted and you could tell that it was not coming out of my arm it was coming out from somewhere else in the bathtub and it just didn't work and then we couldn't reset it we couldn't reset the water and it was such a shame it ended up in my mind i was you know as an actor i was fortunate because they left the camera on me because i don't think they had a choice on where else to go <laughs> yeah um and I think I think it, it played well that way, but I just remember being shocked at at the things that you know we forget sort of the magic that that a lot of the craft people on set can come up with. I mean, the special effects teams, the things that they can do now. Forget CGI; yeah. the things that they can do in camera is unbelievable. Mm. Mm, def really definitely is. and and you know nothing will ever replace practical effects and i think the great thing about uh snow piercer is that you know it's very ground grounded it's not full of special effects yeah on the outside when you see it going yeah. through the world you know obviously they can't do that for real because the world's not like that yet uh yeah. <laughs> just a, f a few a few a few years time um and also do my research uh research mm -hmm. as well uh mickey sumner uh, mm. that is in the show her dad's sting i didn't realize that and i, I was like wow so i i hope that you've made friends with her and uh <laughs> i have i have made friends with her she is actually um dear friends with another friend of mine and i had met her because she's you know she's been in a million movies and she's been around uh around the scene and um knew her in new york couldn't be couldn't be a sweeter uh, a girl um and she's having I, I think that she's having fun with her role even though her role is a heavy lift emotionally she's always mm. till is always seemingly in in a in a bad place one way or another so you know i think she's you know she's really she's in it she's yeah, in she, it in, she in certainly is her. and and um tom i can't get you on this show without uh, mentioning another amazing thing that you've been involved with which is don't worry baby so huh. don't worry ba 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 baby i saw i saw a couple of years years ago and um yeah. it's pop popped up on amazon prime so i'll put it yeah. on again because it's just an awesome movie it really really is and your ca character lenny I, I i just think it's fantastic slightly obsessed with porn uh but you know a wonderful film what 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 was it like playing lenny because the story basically is um a young a young man sleeps with this girl and then his dad sleeps with her afterwards and obviously she has a child and they don't know who's who's the father and you're the wonderful friend uh that well housemate that is uh, yeah slightly obsessed with porn and um has amazing comic timing yeah that was so funny i love that movie i had so much fun doing that because you know up until that point it was written written and directed by this uh guy julian branciforte who was just awesome a great young kid i think it was his first feature um, all the producers, they were young guys, and it was a real, a real treat to make it. But up until that point, I had really been stuck being the bad guy um, for whatever reason. Um, I guess people maybe start out in their careers conceiving of themselves and, and, and how they think they'll be cast. I don't know if you if you had this feeling you were like I see myself a certain way and I think certain roles I would I would be good in I'd be cast in. Um, I sort of always thought of myself more as a Lenny, more as sort of a you know I don't want to say a sidekick but someone who is just 
little bit odd. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, funny, sort of um, oddball, don't really quite know where he's coming from kind of character. And all of a sudden, I would just get cast as being a killer or somebody with a secret or somebody who was otherwise, um, you know, intended. Let's put it that way. Um, so to, to get that role, I really felt um, like released and freed to have an enormous amount of fun playing with, uh, with sort of being somebody who's not, you know, the, the pornography um, <laughs> included. He's just, he doesn't seem to be bound by any sort of social mores or expectations in, in any way. And so you can sort of, that it's just a, it was a fun feeling to just sort of be like, well, just do whatever I want because that's what Lenny would do, you know? And it's a great mo- mo- movie because it keeps you guessing all the way through. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. And obviously it ends beautifully. But I've got to say the scene with you in his dad's house and he's telling you to get out. And then all of a sudden the camera go, go, goes on you and you're there with, I, th- I think, a glass of wine and a sandwich and you've just made yourself at home. I just thought I just thought it was hilarious. You didn't have to say anything. And it was funny as hell. Um, so looking back to when you started as an actor mm. in the in- industry to now, what would you say are the ups and downs of being an actor, um, you know, at, at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's boy you know when i started um when i first moved to new york i was in theater and i say theater and and people imagine like oh broadway or maybe off broadway but it was not most certainly not that i was doing um like experimental theater well off broadway um and the first the first play i did in new york was a kabuki version of major barbara Um, which one can imagine was interesting, to say the least. Um, But, you know, the life of an actor, um, unless you're extremely, extremely fortunate, uh, is an incredibly challenging one because it's one that's, you know, um, you fight with a sense of self-worth and you trying not to allow um, getting a job be the thing that um, gives you a sense of validation, right? Mm. Being the only thing that can tell you that you're a good actor or that acting is worthwhile or it's something that you should choose to do for a living. So, you know, the, the evolution that I've had as an actor really sort of obviously runs in cycles and always comes back to like needing to continually make the decision and, and understand and try to investigate if it's, if it's something that continues to excite you, that you continue to learn from, that you uh, continue to enjoy. Um, like I said, being on a set, working with, you know, uh, people with, with, you know, in different functions from, you know, camera people, directors, producers, that for me is still the ultimate sort of like, um, team project environment, you know, under mm-hmm. pressure, need to get shots, everyone sort of playing their own role. Um, that for me still remains incredibly exciting, um, but, you know, make no mistake, I too, I have been very fortunate in the, in the jobs I've gotten. It's never been easy. Um, and every time you get a job, there's a sense of elation, but it's shortly followed by, I'm going to have to get another one after this one's over. You know? Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask, because obviously now you've got a little one. You've got a... Mm-hmm. You know, a small, a small human. Um, uh, you know, what sort of pressure? Um, you know, as the pressure got a lot bigger now, because obviously, you've not only got your other half, but you've now got a child. You know, for an actor, as you say, you've finished a job, you've got to get another one. You know, right. is that put a lot more pressure on you? Of course, yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> you know, the the feeling of 
pressure is always is ever present and it's always changing you know i thought i understood what it was to be under pressure to get a job once i you know rented my first apartment you know and 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 didn't wasn't wasn't in like a shared um apartment you know with a bunch of other idiots and i thought that's what pressure was and then i thought what I knew what pressure was when I was just an actor alone and I didn't have a day job or I didn't have anything else. So, you know, the reality is you're always under pressure. You're always under an enormous amount of pressure. And that feeling really never goes away. And I think the mistake that a young actor makes, the mistake that I made, was thinking that there will be some point where that pressure won't be there, Mm. you know? (laughs) Um, or that, or that I just need to reach a critical mass of roles or of money or of, uh, you know, whatever, where, um, you know, the, the things that I wake up with and and we all deal with every day just won't be as present, but it's, you know, I think that's the mistake, which is no, no, no. You just have to, you have to make peace with and deal with all of these things because, you know, it never, it never goes away. Um, and, and I, you know, for people who aren't actors, I think they imagine, um, they imagine, or actually I don't exactly quite know what they imagine an actor's life to be. Maybe they think it's sort of enchanted and we all go out to brunch and, you know, we don't have, we, we just sort of lay it out and then make a ton of money. Um, but it's, you know, it's a job like any other. Wait a second, you know? you're telling me that you don't all go to the Olive Garden and drive Lamborghinis? Well, you know, I do <laughs> have a Lamborghini. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you know, it's certainly, I, I get a kick out of the, the asymmetry of the actor's lifestyle. I think it's mm. unique, weird, and it's nothing that I could have imagined growing up. I grew up in a pretty, you know, normal suburb of boston um you know where the idea of being in the arts let alone being an actor was so far outside the realm of possibility i didn't even couldn't even understand what it was um but you know i feel very fortunate to do what i do and to 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 live the life that i'm living but but also understanding that it's not some great escape from the challenges that everybody faces of having to make a living, of having to learn, of having to get better, of having to, you know, um, move up and get a bigger, better job and make a little bit more money, you know, sustain a family and do all these other sorts of things. I think maybe certain actors do a, do a disservice to the job of acting by, um, by talking about, you know, traveling here and doing this and doing that and you know um, i don't know it's i think the job of a working actor is getting up every day and putting on you know giving a good audition and working hard and doing all those things that all, all the rest of us do you know yeah i mean i mean i i describe to friends um that, that get really like sort of starstruck and everything like that which is which is you know great do you know do you know do you know what i mean you can look up to these actors but you know like yeah. i always say is that it's a job they're doing a job uh, it's like where i disagree with uh, the paparazzi you know chasing mm. these stars i just yeah. think you know some stars want it and then some obviously don't and these paparazzi are just like hounds and i just i i just feel sorry for them because at the end of the day it's a job that they should be able to clock off at the end of the night go home and have a normal life and um i wanted to mention the fact that you know your presence on social media is literally mm-hmm. nil um nil. is that for is is that for a quiet life or is it because you you know you don't believe in 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 ent- entering that realm <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it's a it's a good question because I think it's it has a it's multifaceted, right? I mean, I think your point, you know, with paparazzi and stuff. I think a lot of people imagine, or if they ever hear an actor saying, you know, I don't want publicity or I don't, you know, want all this sort of stuff, they just imagine that to be inherently disingenuous. They imagine mm-hmm. that if you want to be an actor, 
it, you're doing it because you want attention. You do it because you want to be in a magazine or because you want people to chase you down the street. And it's very hard to convince people that, though that may be true of some, it's not true of everyone. No. And I, I can speak for myself in saying that it's always funny to me. And I think it's a get, I, you know, I treat it as a real treat. If somebody recognizes me on the street, I get very excited. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's like meeting an old friend because they know you from a thing and they, you know, they have obviously a, an opinion about it. And I think that's great fun. Um, but it always comes as a surprise to me because when you're, when you're acting in a, you know, especially on a TV show, less so when you're, you know, in front of an audience, you, there's a part of me in my mind, at least that forgets the end result is going out to, you know, millions of homes, right? Mm. You forget that you're going into these people's homes and then they're going to be experiencing your performance. It's really for me, the enjoyment I get and the focus that I have is with these specific other actors and people and these moments that you collect and then that's it. So this idea of another, of like an outside world, like for example, when you uh, reached out and set this interview, I thought, oh, right, right. The, the outside world, there's a public, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? You, know, you, you yeah. convinced yourself that you're doing this only for the experience itself and that it, it's not meant to be shared. As for my social media, I guess it's a, a, a branch of that idea um, you know, I have never or never, um, I was on Instagram and had a, you know, was on Facebook. I'd never really used them nor utilized them or found them to be particularly useful tools. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people use them for advertising to put their brand out to, you know, to engage in their work or whatever else. Um, but I never was able to utilize them in that way. So then it just became about being in contact with people. And I found that when I would look at Instagram, um, and this is what we do as actors, right? We sort of like process our emotional life maybe as it's happening. I just realized that it was, it was not a, a good experience for me mm -hmm. because it brought out bad impulses. I wonder what that other, that old ex-girlfriend is doing. Or I wonder what that guy that I, you know, I wonder who, or I wonder what vacation that other person was going on. Or, yeah. Wow, they look great. Or wow, they look happy. Or oh my God, that guy's rich. Or, you know, whatever mm. the case may be. And it just, there's no other way to put it, just brought out bad impulses. Mm. And, you know, for me in that, sense and, and you know i've been told by plenty of people like why aren't you on instagram man you know like you can get followers and you could you know like um make money by doing ads or whatever it it's not that i'm i'm certainly not trying to be like holier than thou or some purist or something um you know uh, and i'm not against m making money <laughs> um but i just found that whenever i engaged with it i didn't feel good right okay and it yeah yeah. Yeah, the thing is that's your choice and and I know plenty of other actors out there that that feel exactly the same because not only would you be inviting the good but you'll be inviting mm. the bad as well because there are some unusual pe people out there that 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 find pleasure out of just trolling. Um I mean there are some uh, really nice Instagram groups uh for mm -hmm. you which is quite nice. Um, so there is... For you, yeah. There's Tom underscore <laughs> Lipinski underscore fan uh, okay. page, um, which is the fan page of actor Tom Lipinski. And, um, you know, and you've got a lovely picture there. I'll, I'll put it up to the thingy. Don't worry, it's not embarrassing because this okay. might add, add, This is a good segue to my next quest oh. question. You've got a um, a picture there. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. yeah. So, so my next picture, uh, my next picture, my next uh, question is: What's next for you? Because on there, there's there's something mentioning uh, an upcoming short film with uh, 
with Tom, uh, with Chris McGee. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. who's post posted it. I mean, what's, what, yeah. what, what, what sort of things can we see you in com- coming up soon or what you've been working on? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm currently in quarantine in Vancouver um, on a job that I, uh, I guess I am not at liberty to share at the moment. Oh, do you know what? I love those questions. It's like I'm doing something really good, but do you know what? I'm not going to tell you. And and okay. do you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, and it, honestly, I, I've you know, as a consumer of media myself, I always wonder when I hear that too. I'm just like, oh come on, oh really? Come on. Yeah. Why can't you tell? You're just being coy. You're just being, and. Until you uh, get the email from producers, like in red, caps, bold, like, do not, under any circumstances. And it was like, oh, I guess these people really mean it. Um, So, you know, uh, I I have to say, I never thought that I would be that guy who has to, you know, say, I can't tell you what I'm working on. But, um, yeah, I'm up up here on a show and... uh, it will it will become clear soon okay oh, i wish i could play like a game like like is it a well-known show does it begin with a a b you know but um, yeah. but no it i know what they like sorry what was that it is a well-known show awesome awesome okay um, so uh oh if only you was on instagram you could let us all know <laughs> I know, I know. But no, no, I can understand because um, I interviewed Wes Chatham from The Expanse and Mm. I got a nice email from Amazon telling me what I couldn't talk about and what I could talk about. And right. and and it was the same with Doug Doug Jones from Star Star Trek. I got an email okay. saying what I was allowed to talk about and what I wasn't allowed to talk about. But yeah, I can write whatever I want on the internet. And what and and so do they do you interview these guys and then just say like well let's just like talk openly and then I'll cut it out in the in the edit or would Amazon do like a cease and desist for you and try to come after you probably probably but when I got got that um half my questions um came off the board I was like right, damn it door. yeah yeah but um you know obviously I couldn't mention that they're filming season 6 of the expanse at the moment hey I'm going to say it no <laughs> I'll edit yeah. that. Mm. Um but 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 yeah, but Tom, thank you so much for taking the time uh to chat to me. Uh it's been an absolute honor and um I can't wait for this episode to go out because I know there's a lot of, you know, Snowpiercer fans. I've had a lot mm. of uh response to this interview. Uh, because I've put it out there that I was in, in interviewing you, and um, yeah, I've got a lot of people wanting to watch it, so I cannot so wait. Fun. So fun! This was this was a real treat, man. Thanks so much for reaching out. It was a great time talking to you. You've been listening to Be More Super the podcast. It was crazy fun experience i love the show guys you're awesome listen my whole family loves it man if you enjoyed this episode be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends